0: not in kids, I'm not hosting, I've got to do the talk. <laughs> be afraid, be very afraid. I've tried to put the right filter on today, but as you know, if you know me well, that's never a guarantee for, Anna's laughing, But anything. So, um, we have been digging into a new series, Who Am I? Yes, it worked. Honestly, my first win yesterday was downloading, exporting the slides, sending them into Dropbox and then messaging Ethan and saying, please tell me that they're in there. And he messaged me back with a photo up there. They were all on the screen and I was like, do you know what? If that is the biggest win from today, I'm done. That is great. I am great with that. So, who am I living in our true identity? And those of you that spend any time around me will know that I am a true advocate for personal development, but I will also say that the Bible is the only personal development manual that we really need, and this series has been digging into that. So we have looked at... I am in Jesus. We've looked at I am forgiven. We've looked at I am alive, raised up and seated with Jesus. And today I am talking about I am holy and blameless. When Chris Kimmons sent through the email telling me what I was going to be doing, I have to say I had to pull my big girl pants up. I was like, oh, this feels a bit uncomfortable. So just for a couple of minutes on your device, in your notebook, in your journal, I would love for you to write down three words that when I say, I am holy and blameless, and this is you saying that about yourself, how does that make you feel? How does that sit with you? Just write them down. To say, when I thought about those words in a reflection of myself, it really gave me the ick. I was like, "This doesn't feel nice. This doesn't feel nice at all." I want to believe it, but actually, running through the uh, my life, I am holy and blameless. Really, didn't feel comfortable, and I'm not sure what you've got written down, but I can probably suggest that some of you have got words where it isn't comfortable. But actually, it's one of the most natural, God-given postures that we can enter. A natural, God-given posture. So this is where we've been going with our talks, that our identity determines our beliefs, which in turn determine our behavior. And being the um, earliest teacher that I was in the past through and through, I just felt like maybe there were some people that that those words weren't sitting well with. So I just wanted to explain them. It's all about our thoughts, our feelings, and our behaviours. So if you're walking down the road at night and you hear a rustle in a bush next to you, and your thought is, goodness me, it's a cat, so that's your thought, you might just be calm and your behaviour is you carry on walking. If you're walking down the road at night and you hear a rustle in a bush and you think, goodness me, that's someone hiding in the bush They're going to jump out on me, you might feel scared and that impacts your behaviour, so you run away. Does that make sense? So your thoughts impact your feelings, your feelings impact your behaviours and where your thoughts come from is so important. I hate to tell you this, but our brains lie to us. They don't always tell us the truth but there is someone who tells us the truth day in, day out. So I am holy and blameless. And I hope by the end of this talk, there'll be less ick, less discomfort, and more, yes, I am. I'm going to get that on a T-shirt, and I'm going to walk out of here. I'm going to walk into um, the supermarket after and person on the till, I'm holy and blameless. Please say that. Please record yourself saying that. I would love to see that. glad my children aren't in here because that is the kind of thing that I would do so how are we going to roll this morning again I love a plan I love freedom but I love a plan so we're going to think about what it means we're going to think about why it means what it means we're going to think about how it means what it means and then we're going to think about what next how is I am holy and blameless going to show up in our lives Lots of stuff that we do in life is all about reflection. And this series is about thinking about where you are now and moving forward in equipping. So if you are someone that needs to dig deep and reflect, and maybe you might need some therapy, something like that. But what I love about this series is it's so practical, and it actually helps you from where you are at this moment, on this Sunday, ready to move forward. And I think sometimes in churches, we can get a bit stuck in the past, but God is a God of now and he wants to build us up. He wants to move us on because he's like, just keep moving, just keep stepping forward. So the Bible bit. I'm going to read this out to you. All praise to God. And I'm just going to go to the message version because like I said a few weeks ago in hosting there's no shame in looking at Bible verses from different um, versions of the Bible because some will speak to you more than others. So this is what the message says. How blessed is God and what a blessing he is. He's the father of our master Jesus Christ and takes us to the highest places of blessing in him. That's the key there. He takes us to the highest places of blessing in him. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love, to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter to the celebration of his lavish gift-giving and the hand of his beloved son i've looked at these a lot, so I think Chris emailed it was quite a few weeks ago about doing about doing this talk and I normally when i 've done talks before have written it out like i'm like I'm going to say it um, and then kind of like just done it and pretended i'm not reading it this time god's been challenging me to be in um, a season of posture over performance um, and So this has, it's literally bullet points. (laughs) I've got bullet points and I can't believe it. So this week I was like, I felt unprepared because I was putting the words on the page before. But for today, this is about God. This is about him using me to use his words So I love Ephesians, and as Paul opens up his letter to the Christians in Ephesus, he starts with that great outburst of praise, and his praise is a response, and just like in worship, God loves it when we respond to him, when we worship him, and Paul goes to outline some of the most amazing truths in this passage. He talks about the blessings, and these blessings give us a totally new identity in Jesus we're chosen, we're loved, we're adopted, we're redeemed, and we are sealed by the Spirit. But there's one blessing that's the most significant for this talk today. And it says, we have been chosen that we should be holy and blameless. And that's the truth. The more I dug into this, the more I couldn't find strategies and reasons behind it, because it's the truth, because it's in the Bible, and it's the truth. But it doesn't mean that we're not sinless. It doesn't mean that we're not sinless. It means we've been given freedom. We've been given freedom that we can still sin. Jesus took away our sin and replaced it with his holiness. And you know what? That salvation is complete, And it's complete now. Because when we accept what Jesus did on the cross for us, our sins are forgiven past, present, and future. I'm going to say that again. When he died on the cross for us, our sins were forgiven past, present, and future. There's nothing you've done, nothing you do, and nothing you can do that will change his mind about you. And that is... Just an amazing thing. So, who am I? Truth. We get to live as new creations. We are holy and blameless because every day we get up and we get to live as new creations. In John 8, chapter 32, it says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Many, many years ago, I went paintballing. You can already tell this story. It's not going to be a nice one, can't you? I went paintballing. went with our Christian Union. There was a guy in Christian Union I quite liked. He quite liked me. I would never go paintballing because, basically, I hate being pursued. If anyone chases me, I like to squeal like a tiny pig. Um, please don't do that after. Please don't do that after. I haven't got my running shoes on. And this paintball, we went out, so we got kitted up. Have any of you ever done paintball? Great. Good, you're with me. You get kitted up in all this stuff, and I mean, you do look like you're going to be deployed to some war-torn country somewhere, and it's meant to be fun, in inverted commas. Um, So we went out in this woods, and I got hit by one ball. Honestly... I think I would rather have a baby again than go through paintballing. It really, really hurts. It, re- it hurts so much that, in my not liking being pursued, um, I ran off. Then at the end, we came back. and walked up, and there was this guy there. And they were like, gosh, you must have done really well. You've only got one splat. And I was a bit like, yeah, just, you know ran around, did, did all my thing, because just didn't get hit. I mean, I'm just too good. Then I handed my whole kit back over, and the guy that I handed back over to goes, I think you might need a refund. You haven't used any of your paintballs. <laughs> and I was like, You're, well, I've been paintballing, and you see, the truth was going to come out. I had spent 90 minutes under a log. I found a log with a divot under it, and I laid there for 90 minutes in the hope nobody would come and find me and shoot me with any more of these horrendous paintballs. So at that point, the truth came out, and it had set me free, because actually nobody ever asked me to go paintballing again, which was amazing. So the truth sets us free. So all we need to do is know that we are holy and blame this. And that, I have to say, is easier said than done. So, the what, the truth. Don't jump on. Holy. Being holy is the idea of separation. It's the idea of being set apart. And we are consecrated for God's use. Now, consecrated is a bit of a big word. All it means is that we declare, that we take action. And it's a verb. Consecration is a doing word. It's something that we need to lean into. It's something that we need to practice. We need to stretch that muscle of consecration. William Barclay, don't know who he is, but he wrote some good stuff that I found. He wrote a commentary. In the early church, he said, Christians never had any doubt that they must be different from the world. They, in fact, knew that they must be so different that the probability was that the world would kill them and was certainly, and certainly was that the world would hate them. But the tendency in the modern church has been to play down the difference between church and the world. So, in effect, we're saying to people you do you as long as you live a decent respectable life it's all right just to turn up to church you don't need to be different to other people when in fact we're called to be holy and blameless we're called to be identifiably different to other people we're, we're called for people to look at us and think what's different about you and that's is what? See, Jesus does not take us out of the world, he makes us different within the world. That's being holy. Blameless is about no spots, no blemishes, no ick. And why are we blameless? Because Jesus took all of our errors, he took everything and he presented us to the Father as holy unblameable and without reproach. He presented us to the Father. He loved us so much. He was like, there you go, I've taken it for them. It says in Colossians 1, verse 21 to 22, and you who were once alienated by enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present to you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight this is the reason that we can pray to god and expect answers we live in expectation all the time we expect answers and this is the reason that we can change hopeless situations so the next part of this journey is that we're chosen I don't know about you, but when I went to school back in the day, you had to do uh, PE or oh, bit Essex there, sorry. You had to do PE in your knickers and vest. I mean, yes, we all, remem- we all remember that, don't we? Knickers and vest. And also, there was this whole thing in PE. I mean, I was—how um, would you describe me as a child? I was a bit like a tiny ball. Um, My mum had to put me in drop-waisted dresses. Um, I mean, I'm getting therapy about that, but that's great. Um, So when we were at school and it was time for PE, people used to pick the teams. Any of you been in that situation? The team picking when you are still there and everyone else, and then they're like, we'll have Charlotte. And it was like that. God doesn't do that He's like, I'll have you, warts and all, all your sin, all your rubbish. I want you. I have chosen you. See, we are chosen to be holy and blameless. And it doesn't matter how much Satan accuses us or blames us. We are still chosen by God. And we are without blame before him see we are chosen to live God's way it says in the song doesn't it I am chosen not forsaken I am who you say I am not the affirmations on Instagram not your Twitter feed not all these books that you can buy nowadays where you can, you can journal about being enough because you are who he says you are have you asked him who he says you are if you haven't this series is the perfect time to ask him and sometimes it will come through a feeling sometimes it will come through somebody praying for you sometimes it will come in a picture or a word sometimes it'll be an audible voice but ask him who am i who am i in you who am i in the person that you've chosen to be not as the person in the world And as it says, long before he laid down the earth's foundations, he had us in mind. He had settled on us as a focus of his love. The message version says, long before he laid down the earth's foundation, he had us in mind, settled on us on a focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. That's it. Simples. We are holy and blameless by his love. And then it goes on to say, long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. We are chosen. Imperfect beings, but God still sees our perfection. Who am I? The shape. There's a great song, isn't there, by Ed Shearing. I'm in love with the shape of you push and pull like a magnet too. How many times in life are relationships like pushes and pulls, pushes and pulls? God is always pulling us back to him, always drawing us back to him. We'll push away. The earth may, the world may pull us closer, but do you know what? That pull of God is always going to be the strongest. You see, being holy is not natural to us. It's not something that we can do in our own strength and walking in holiness requires for us to become new creations and we like i said earlier we have been given that opportunity day in day out and holiness is only possible when we live out the new shape of our lives and do you know what that shape was decided in the outset by him he decided right from the get go that our lives would be designed along the same lines of his son and we are designed in the shape of Jesus. You see, Jesus stands on the very first line of humanity restored and through him we see the original intended blueprint of the shape of our lives, how we should be. So if feeling holy and blameless makes you feel ick, look back to Jesus. Now, we're designed to pursue the shape of Jesus. And it says in Colossians For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ. And you have been filled by him who is head over every ruler and authority. Got some teeny tiny stress balls here. Stress balls stress as in like oh stress that's all right i'll let you off see me after Um, these stress balls however hard you crush them come back to their original shape however much we sin we come back to the original shape of jesus however lost we feel we look to him we come back to the original shape of jesus Sometimes, put down my little comfort blanket sometimes it could just be a little dent take your finger off comes back to the shape of Jesus but that needs us to put stuff down that needs us to empty the baggage that needs us to submit that needs us to let go of the stuff to come back to the shape of Jesus this would not be an equipping series without a call to action at the end consecration let's do it let's declare it let's keep stepping into the shape of jesus let's look at our lives let's realize what our crushes are and where they are and let's call them out and let's return back to the shape of jesus So the truth is we are holy and blameless just by his love that's the truth there's no fluffing it up there's no massive theology around it that is the truth why are we holy and blameless because we're chosen because we're chosen to be holy and blameless it was given to Jesus it's been given to us it's it's in our DNA how? How are we holy and blameless? Because we're created in the shape of Jesus. Because every time we come back to him, he is completely holy and blameless. So how can we reflect his shape and not be holy and blameless? And yes, it does mess with your mind. It really does. But think of the stress ball. Each time it just comes back to that shape. But you have to let go. So what next? The action. question for you are you equipped to live a holy and blameless life are you equipped to live a holy and blameless life what does that look like that looks like intentional living that looks like getting up each day and thinking what do i need to do to get back to the shape of jesus today Who do I need to speak to? Who do I need to invite into my life? Like Chris said earlier, what do I need to put down? What in my life is a weight or a pressure that's just changing this out of the original shape we're designed to be? You see, when we live in our identity of being holy and blameless, we're far less likely to sin because we're acting in accordance to who we believe we are we're far less likely to sin because we're acting in accordance to who we believe we are. So in order to keep pressing into being holy and blameless, we need to be like Jesus through our actions. And we need to take up space in this world, reflecting the shape of Jesus. So what does that shape look like? In Galatians, it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Practically. I thought about printing these off. But I haven't, so take a picture of the screen. How do we keep in step with the Spirit and pursue the shape of Jesus? This is not an exhaustive exhaustive list. This is a list of things that God has been challenging me over. And I tell you what, when you do a talk from a posture of what God's doing in your life, it resonates. And all of a sudden, I've, I've been so excited. I mean, I was nervous and I've weeded about five times this morning. But I've been so excited about sharing this because I feel like God's doing this in my life. And I feel like, come on, let's do it together. So number one, show unconditional love. There's no conditions. If you struggle to show unconditional love, ask someone for help. Ask someone to talk to you. Ask someone to remind you of what Jesus did to show unconditional love. Number two, live a prayerful life. Jesus prayed. We want to return to the shape of Jesus. We do what he does, what he did. He got in the presence of his Father and prayed. Number three, forgive. Forgiveness is a command, it's not easy. It's definitely going to give you the ick. But Jesus forgave people the shape of Jesus. Number four, be humble. This is a tricky one. Putting God and His will first. Again, like Chris said earlier, I'd like, when Chris said about idols, that's another thing that God's been saying to me. What are you putting in the way, Charlotte, of stepping back into the shape of Jesus? And anything can be an idol my phone scrolling it's not just the biblical idols from the bible are the big gold ones it's the tiny things it's the things that seep into your life and you don't really see them coming in and they become habits what do i need to do to put those down to return to the shape of jesus get into your bible study the word of god When I was growing up, I thought that getting into my Bible meant getting up in the morning super early and reading my Bible. I tried to do that. Opening For me, opening my Bible and just reading random passages out of it doesn't do it for me because I need to do it in relationship with him. It needs to be contextual. So when stuff is going on in my life, do you know what I do? I Google how I'm feeling and I say, what does the Bible say about that? It takes me straight to the passage. I then use my other, I've got the Passion Translation. Um, I'm a Baptist pastor's kid, so I've been brought up on the NIV. But I just look at the different things and I say, where in this, God, do I hear and see what you're saying? So get get into your Bibles. Such a powerful thing. And we so easily forget it. I reckon that if we had an app in our Bibles that said how much time we spent in our Bibles each day compared to how much screen time we have on our phone, we'd all be a bit disgusted with ourselves. Number six, show compassion. It's not an on off switch. It's not, oh, on Sunday morning I'll pray for some people and then I'll go out into the world and I'll just do whatever I want. It's not like that. Know where your gifts are to show love and compassion to other people. Your gifts will be different to mine. And just because I'm a natural hugger and I will hug anybody doesn't mean that you have to hug to show compassion. It could be absolutely anything. God has given you your own unique skill set. I love this one. Number seven, keep pressing into discovering more of the kingdom. For that, you need to know what the kingdom looks like. For that, you need to get into your Bible. For that, you need to pray. For that, you need to build relationship with the Father. So number seven is about chatting with your friends who know Jesus, getting into your Bible, listening to some podcasts. It's feeding. It's feeding because we can't keep discovering if we're standing still. We need to keep moving forward. Number eight, self-control, which I have little of. (laughs) Self-control is what will keep you safe. It's it's that that inner feeling, that inner word of just like, how do I feel about this? My sister's been looking around schools for my nephew, and I'm like, when you go into the school, think about how it feels in your tummy. And do you know what? The Holy Spirit's really good at that. Again, it's about asking him, show me Jesus. Show me where I need to change. Show me what I need to do. Number nine, knowing who we are in Jesus helps us root our authority. If we're the shape of Jesus, Jesus had authority. We've got authority. When we pray for people, we pray in authority. When we pray for people, it's not just a nice little pat. It's like, Jesus will be done. And the last one, number 10, is super hard, but it brings its blessings. Obedience. When God said to me, put teaching down, and don't know what you're doing next that was a like again big girl pant moment because my mind goes straight to well that's okay but where's my salary going to come from five years down the line after volunteering at the beehive that is now part of my story because God was like do you know what the salary will come at some point it won't be what you were making in teaching but do you know what I feel like I have life in abundance with what I do now I get to talk to people, and I get to show them the shape of Jesus, which, being stuck in a classroom, I didn't really do. And that obedience felt horrible. And that obedience was also a grief, because I grieved that identity of being a teacher. And Becca will tell you for ages I didn't know who I was or what I do. But I do know what I do now. I reflect the shape of Jesus. so it's the truth you're chosen you're created in his shape to live out his shape and the action is to keep pressing into that shape to keep looking at our lives keep reflecting and seeing where can i be more like jesus you see here's your papa here's your dad he chose you when i first started driving um i went out i had a a bright orange Ford Fiesta called Jaffa. It had a choke with a peg on it. Do you remember those days? Yeah? If you're young, you won't know what that is. Um, ask your parents. Um, and one night I went out, we'd been to youth group, went out, and as we drove past, this is going to show my age again, Iceland used to be called B Jam back in the day, yeah? As we drove past B Jam, out the front on the floor we saw a wig, okay? We saw a wig. Um, and being typical teenagers, we went to a, a little car park, then we were on the mission of the wig. Now, in the back of my car, I had swimming goggles, so one of the guys in the car put the swimming goggles on, he laid on the roof of my car, and we drove back to B-Jam with him on the roof, and I was pulled by the police. <laughs> Shocker! <laughs> I was pulled by the police, and I had to... I wound the window down... And everything in me was shaking, but I was still a bit of a ballsy teenager. I mean, I know that's probably shocking to you all. But he said, what are you doing? And just as bold as anything, I went, we're on the mission of the week. (laughs) (laughs) And he looked at me, said to his colleague, breathalyzer. "Um, I wasn't breathalyzed in the end, because I think he realised, but do you know what? My dad was a police officer. (laughs) I then, ballsy, out the window said, don't you know who my dad is? And he just went, no. And at that point, then I was like, I've gone through my whole party routine now, and the tears, the tears came, and it was completely hideous. But that, the shape of Jesus, we want to say to people, don't you know who my dad is? don't you know who my dad is I mean my dad was absolutely livid because it did get back to him he was a really high up police officer but they're like a family it all goes down the grapevine and I had my keys taken away for a bit but (laughs) oh we did get the wig we did get the wig and put the wig in the car and I think the wig had fleas and eggs and had fleas in my car but you know again we do these things So when you see me parenting Evie, just remind myself, remind me that I was horrendous too. Not that she's horrendous. Anyway, he is our papa. He loves us. And I want to go out and say to people, don't you know who my dad is? Because he's your dad too. Come with me. Look at the shape of Jesus in me because I want to show you who your dad is. I want to tell people that he chose them. He chose them to live with them. With him he chose us. I want people to learn about the shape of Jesus so they can live nourished, beautiful, life-giving, healthy lives. And what do we need to do next? We need to consecrate. We need to declare this, and we need to step into doing this. So we've got about four minutes left and I would love to invite you and my 100 from my bucket of dreams, Abby, and my 100 stress balls, that if today you want to return to the shape of Jesus, come up the front. I'd love you to take one of these. These are just a representation because I know for a fact every time I see this now, I'm going to think I need to return to the shape of Jesus. What are the things? Is it crushing? Is it something tiny that can move to a crush? But if today, Numa family, you want to return to the shape of Jesus, I would love you. Come to the front now. Grab a street. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week and remember your loved.